everyone, I'm Rob Warner. And I'm Elliot Jackson. And this is Just Ride, a new cycling podcast from Red Bull. Let's go. My opinion's changing on this. I said, yeah, maybe I need to specialise more if I want to win the tour. But the thing is, when you get the best out of me is when I'm happy and I'm enjoying it. I think you got a bit left yet, Tom. You take it from me. We've never been this cheeky with an Olympic champion. <laughs> I, co- I completely agree with you. I would answer that question saying that, that I'm a road rider, but I'm better at crossing mountain bike. Ah! Oh, we got the exclusive. We got the exclusive. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us here on another Just Ride podcast from Red Bull. My name's Rob Warner. And I'm Elliot Jackson. How are you today? I'm all right, because we're in my favourite place to be in the whole world, Chateau Mont-Saint-Anne, in Mont-Saint-Anne, just outside Quebec City for the World Cup final. So, uh, Uh, yeah, I love it. I came here in 1994, was my first overseas trip, as into North America. I went and sat on the road and watched the big trucks go by for two hours. (laughs) No, you didn't. I did. I'd never seen... Like these massive American no, no, or Canadian no, okay. trucks. You don't mean like lorries or 18-wheelers. You mean like pickup trucks. No, 18-wheelers. I, oh, really? I, yeah, I've never seen anything like that. It was like, it was like I've never seen anything on that scale, man. No way. It was like Transformers or something going <laughs> by. Yeah, yeah, it blew my mind. Yeah, I, I love, love it. it. So I've always come here and I've always loved being Traveled across the world to watch some 18-wheelers. <laughs> yeah, came here for a man bike. It wasn't Rose. Niagara Falls, it wasn't anything else. It was, it was massive Canadian <laughs> log- logging trucks. Man, I have had some good memories here too. This was, uh, this was one of the first races that I went to. I, ironically, you know, I feel like I had bad luck because my dad came here almost every year and I was always like up at the split, top 15 or whatever. One year I got a flat coming into the finish. Oh. I tried to run my bike across, didn't work. And then another one, I got a flat at the top, and I remember it was actually the first time my dad had come to a downhill race. We walked the track, I was super proud to show him around. And uh, he was like, I don't get it, like why don't you just let off the brakes? And I was like, it's a bit more to it than that, Dana. Anyone could do it if it was that easy. (laughs) But it is, you know, I mean, like we say, I think the World Cup, first cross country, first cross country World Cups were in 1991. So this is the most historical World Cup venue. It's, you know, the results here are like a who's who of yeah. who's ever been yeah. anyone in mountain biking. So it's brilliant. So for you, you commentated this race a long time. Yeah. Like, you have a favorite, favorite moment? I do, actually. Right off the top of my head, it would be Stevie Smith's winner. Oh, when he came down in the yes. rain, the Canadian. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what Maybe year that was it was now. 14, 14 I was going to say. It feels like it yeah, wasn't that long ago, but it I might know. be. Yeah, but that, man. you know, that was, yeah, that was one of the all-time great downhill runs. And that to see Stevie totally do it was. here in Canada, of course, yeah. amazing. Finals last year as well, last man down, Canadian. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's been so many of those moments. Aaron Gwynn. Yeah, you know, it's like, so this, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We couldn't. We, we could do a whole podcast so on Montreal. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, I, it is. Like, I feel like the longer a venue has been around, it gives it more time for those like moments to just show up. And I think, especially yeah. too, because there's these um, there's these spots on this track and the downhill track where 
they've been there for years. Yeah, they, that's like right. Like the rock garden has been there, that's the right. exact same exactly rock. Exactly the same as it was yes. in 1993. <laughs> I huh? love it. That's right, yeah. Uh, no, that's right. It's exactly the same as it was. And so what have you thought about doing the podcast? We've been all over. We did some in Whistler. We've, we've done some in Canada now. We yeah. did some in the UK. Yeah, we haven't stopped. We've been all over the place. And we've had an insane selection of yeah. guests from different disciplines. But today... We've got one guest who does all different disciplines. Yeah, so that he's wait, gonna be, don't give yeah, exactly. Away, I'm not gonna be he's gonna away. be he's gonna be an amazing guest for sure. And it's yeah. very fitting that we're chatting to him here in Monson Before that though, true. we've got to say, you know, thanks to everyone who's given us mm. some amazing positive feedback. People sending in reviews on Apple, on Spotify. Yep. You know, we're really grateful to hear it. And I know yeah. you've got a couple. I, I do. I want, I want to read off some. So uh, we had an email from Barbara uh, letting us know how much she enjoyed this ride so far. We had thanks, Stephen. Barb. Yep. Of course, Barb. Really appreciate it. Stephen Miller, thanks for encouraging us to keep up the great chemistry, the banter, the topics, the guests. Yeah. We'll keep it up. No Ooh. worries. <laughs> and finally, we promise we didn't pay Gary G to give us uh, a great review. Gary. <laughs> uh, sorry. It was actually. I actually did. Well, Gary, if you want to retransfer that money, the seat we was, this was supposed to be kept under. No one was supposed to know about this. You've broken the NDA. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Just joking, gracious. of course. Oh, my God. You're going to get us canceled. You're going to get us. I won't see again. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> We're going to get it thrown off of Apple Podcasts before. Okay, okay. Well, let's get into the guests. Today, we're joined by a guest that's, it's fair to say that he can do it all, whether it's on a mountain bike, a road bike, cyclocross bike. I know you know this guy, Rob, and, <laughs> and he's, he's, he's pretty impressive. Tell me, tell me a little bit about him, because uh, this guy is pretty special. Well, he is one of a new crop of riders, a handful of riders on planet Earth that seem to be able to be the very best at any cycling discipline. As you said, with those disciplines, he's been cyclocross world champion. He's been a winner of a stage of the Tour de France, only one of the most iconic stages <laughs> of, the, of the Tour de France, and the youngest to do it. And he is the reigning world and Olympic champion <laughs> of man and bike cross country. If we don't know who it is now, you've been living under a rock. It's Tom Pidcock. <laughs> okay, Tom. Tom, welcome in. Thank you very much. That's a nice interview. Thank you. I'm not interviewed. <laughs> yeah. That's not I was start, nervous for that one, Mike. I was actually nervous having a man of your magnitude on here today. <laughs> nice introduction. I have to start speaking properly for doing the podcast, shouldn't I? <laughs> so, Tom, this podcast is called Just Ride, and I feel like that kind of is an embodiment of you, uh, somebody who just loves to ride their bike. Do you feel like it? that description fits you? Um, some days, yeah. I think there's, there's always those days that, where it's not fun. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, like, for example, now it's the end of the season and it's, uh, you know, Ty trying to get everything, every, uh, the last last bits out before before the last race, but also, you know, and there's, the, and there's those days that, like yesterday, it was uh, coming from snowshoe, long travel day. And then yesterday I did an effort day and it was just, it was not happening, you know, so, um some days don't enjoy, but yeah, I, I like going out and just riding, yeah. And so can you actually explain to people what it is you do, kind of explain your, your three disciplines and how your year looks? Yeah, so I, um, I compete in, you know, like you say, three disciplines at the moment. Cyclocross, which is in the winter, kind of runs from 
And she starts in September and runs to the end of February. And then I don't do that the full that full time because obviously it's October now and I'm still racing mountain bike. Um, and then I do yeah mountain bike and, and road racing in the summer and kind of fit in breaks and, and period, periodize around that. And where, where does the road come in? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, um, you know, I, I ride for a road team. So the, the, the priority for them and, and also me to be honest is, is the road, um, mountain bike. I like, for example, in the spring when I do the world cups in, is it April? Am I right to say? I, it's, it's just nice to get away from the road for a bit and, and it's kind of mountain bikes a more relaxed atmosphere you know it's it's where i can go and just enjoy riding and and uh yeah just just uh bit, like you say just ride what do you see yourself as though tom do you see yourself as a mountain bike rider a cyclocross rider or a road rider because obviously to me and i was speaking about this the other day it's like You've been so successful, world champion cyclocross, world champion mountain bike, yet you are on this on this team that is sort of seen as a road team and everyone's expecting you to do massive things at the Tour de France. But really at the moment on paper, I suppose is it fair to say that the road, it almost feels like it's your weak... This is hard yeah. to say to you, <laughs> no, no, no. but it feels like it's your weakest <laughs> discipline. Sorry. No, Not I, that you've got a weak discipline. I, I completely agree with you. I Because I, I would answer that question saying that, that I'm a road rider, but I'm better at crossing mountain bike. Um, I, I mm. kind of, maybe that's because, like I've always raced road. Um, I did, I came into cyclocross late. I raced mountain bike when I was young and then stopped for a few years. I have always ridden a mountain bike, but then came back, um, yeah, what was it, in 2020? And, and started doing some races and World Cups and World Champs and things. and. But I've always been a road rider through for all that time. So I would say I'm a road rider who's, yeah, does other disciplines because I'm, yeah, almost, yeah, better at them, maybe. And so how did it start? Like, it sounds like everything kind of started at the same time when you were younger. Like, did you start riding road and mountain bike at the same time? Um, it's a good question. I mean... Like every year we went on holiday as a family to Morzine for two weeks on mountain bikes. But but the, the funny thing is that Morzine is yeah, one of the my favorite places in the world to ride. Yeah, every time I've raced there it's gone as bad as it could possibly go. No, not as bad as possibly. That's uh, actually it's, how it went for me as well. It's actually. never gone right. <laughs> never ever. In the tour this year I got heat stroke. Um, oh in in the Worlds last year, I got ill the week before and then punctured in the race and then crashed because I was like bloody... I had to take a gel after the first lap in that race because I was... I lost the key... I was at a raceway. I lost a kilo in five days before that race. And then the year before that, no before, before Olympics, cool. um, was just after my collarbone and um, I crashed in practice and pulled me into costals. And then... I was three kilos heavier when overnight before the race, I like puffed up like a balloon and then I didn't finish the race because it was muddy and I was at the back. And so yeah, it's never gone well. 
Oh I don't, don't even remember what the original question was, but there you go. Off on a tangent. <laughs> just, just scarred. scarred. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's just like scarred from everything Morsi. So, I mean, the original question was kind of like how you got into it, and I feel like the that idea of like you guys traveling around as a family, I guess, like going to Morzine and did your, did your mom and dad cycle as well? Yeah, we, we all rode. I mean, um, it was genuinely, we haven't done it in quite a few years now, but you know, when we were younger, so like me and my dad would go for a ride and then my brother would kind of go with my mom and then we would meet for lunch. And then I think um, the last time I went on holiday, that was when I was first year under 23, but I went with some friends and, I would train for three days on the road bike and then go downhilling on the rest day and then train for three days and then go downhilling. So it's... Um, he, he is a downhiller at heart. Yeah, I, can, I see where this is coming from. <laughs> <laughs> I've always ridden um, other other bikes. And I think, like, I always used to ride to school with my BMX through the woods. Yeah, so I, I've just kind of always enjoyed any bike, really. But I guess road cycling, especially in the UK, is more accessible there's more races there's a better pathway through british cycling yeah mm. Very so true, it's yeah. kind of the, the easier way for me to go if you like and before we get into kind of each discipline step by step i uh i kind of want to ask you about your season so far because you've you've won world champs you went to the tour de france and you won strata bianca what has this season been like are you satisfied with it is it one of your best yeah, I think it was, yeah, of course, it, it had some some great results, but I think it also had its fair share of, um, yeah, down, not downs, but you know, not going uh, how I wanted it. The tour was kind of like I had too many, like, goals, almost like GC, trying to win a stage, and I came away with nothing. I, I learned a mm. lot, but it wasn't very enjoyable because it was kind of like yeah I, I didn't feel like I got anything out of it that I could you know show for and then yeah my, my shape at the start of the year with Strada and then I went to Torino and then crashed and got concussion and yeah also kind of sent me back a little bit but um yeah I, I think I think I made a a big step this year on the road generally um which is yeah, good. And then I, I managed, I won Mountain Bike World, which was my biggest goal of the year, actually. That's interesting. Yeah, I like that. I yeah. like that. I mean, you know, we're going to talk about the three disciplines, but one thing I think that is obvious, and especially what you said, it's the end of the year, you're, you're tired, everyone's tired. Mm. You're here. You're here in North America. Mm. You made sure you're at these last two World Cup cross country races. And that, you know, that, I think that says a lot about just how much you love mountain bike riding. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, next year, you know, I, I want to go defend my title at the Olympics, but I need as many points as I can get. Um, but also I got to balance that with kind of the, the team and they, you know, need me, want me at the tour. So I have to be there and best at the tour and I have eight days between the end of the tour and the Olympics. Oh, wow. No way. <laughs> yeah. So. Is that even, a, is it possible? Yeah. yeah it is for yeah. you, I suppose. But I mean, 
You're pretty exhausted at the end of a tour, right? Eight bit, days it, isn't a yeah. long... Is it possible you say that, Rob? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> you know what I mean, but yeah, you did it this year. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. I guess, so, I guess yeah. so. Yeah. Well, you did, didn't you? It was only... The World Championships wasn't long after the tour, was it? Up in Scotland, really? Um, I think it was three weeks this year. Yeah, more than eight days, to be fair. Yeah. But like, yeah, that... But you are exhausted at the end of the tour, right? I mean... Is that right? You are. It's. It's. It, you're beat. Yeah. It's the right. Everyone's done. But but I think yeah, doing these these races now at the end of this year sets me up better for next year because it means that I don't have to go to the mountain bike races in the spring, which means I have a longer prep for the right. tour, um, which means hopefully I should come out of the tour in in a better condition and cope with the with it better, meaning that. Yeah, in eight days I can be ready for mountain bike worlds. I mean, it's it's gonna be, yeah, on the limit. It's, it's not gonna be easy, but yeah, giving myself the best chance. And so, getting into the road side of things, how do you think of the tour? How do you think of Grand Tour racing? Or do you want to be, you know, a GC champion? Or is it about stage wins or these one day races? Like, give me your thoughts on on kind of the road side of your your life in general. Yeah, I think my characteristics are very much kind of like the the big you know championships like the worlds i can peak i'm very good at peaking um and the grand tours i think you know of course i want to try and win the tour de france one day but i think this is probably going to be the a big job for me because the the patience side of it is is quite difficult you know three weeks mm. what you do in the first week you can only lose the race really hmm. and and it all comes down to the last week and every little thing you do like you know even like every day if you take five minutes longer to have a shower on the bus and five minutes longer to make your food you sat down for five minutes less you know everything catches you up with you in the third week and i kind of get a bit impatient you know if we have an easy day i'm like oh this is boring <laughs> like when it's when it's a flat sprint stage and i just kind of want to oh, come on let's race but actually, you know, you need to be patient and, and yeah, take take that as a, as a blessing, um, which I, I need to kind of get better at. Is there a, do you feel a pressure from, from Ineos Grenadiers from the team? As we said, it's like predominantly a road team and man, they've only got the world's best mountain biker on there. But do you feel a pressure from them? Are they kind of grooming you to, to take the overall in the tour to win the, you know, to win the Tour de France? Because... Because that's you know that's what everyone talks about, right? Isn't it? That is that's the that is that's the big story with you. Yeah, I mean, for sure there is that element, and you know I knew that when I, you know, committed this like long term to the team. Um, but I think it, it's you know I also want it, but in my own way. You know I have to tick things off that I want to achieve, which I, when I believe I can achieve, because when I know I can win something and I set my mind to it, like it sounds stupid, but so far in my career, I haven't not succeeded that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Mountain bike worlds took two years, not one, but you know, when I, I have to first believe I can do it, but I'm not ready to win the Tour de France next year yet. So, you know, there has to be more, kind of steps before that and and also achieving things in in different disciplines you know they're also my goals and 
you know, achieving them, you know, makes me a, a better rider. You know, cyclocross, I became world champion. Now this winter, I'm just going to do cross in in its function to make me a better road rider for the classics. You know, I don't have to do any race, but I will just do some because it's uh, around training camps and things because it's, yeah, good for me, if you like. Yeah, they all, all those disciplines sort of fit into each other. Yeah. Will we see you running a half marathon after Paris Roubaix? <laughs> yeah, your teammate Cam. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw this. I saw a clip on on social media somewhere of, of you uh, asking Cam that. Um, <laughs> no, no, you won't. What a lunatic! I haven't even done. I haven't done Roubaix actually yet in the elites. So uh, I need to do that first before even thinking about running a marathon, half marathon. After. I mean, you guys do have a uh, pretty like diverse team like you have cam there you have pauline there you know the only woman on the the grenadiers uh what's that like what's the vibe like on the team yeah i mean i think this is this is also something you know like when i'm off doing my mountain bike or my cross it's kind of me and my my own kind of team around me um like kurt uh, my coach and yeah my swan year and and mechanics okay they're different for for cross and from mountain bike and then you then i go into the team for road races and then you know it's like you've got six seven other teammates and we had a tour de france we've got i don't know 30 staff or whatever you know it's, it's a big big team so it's kind of very uh polar opposites if you like is it hard for you to be in a team because obviously on cyclocross and on the mountain bike it's you but in a team mm. you're a team player right on the road i mean until you're yeah. As far as I understand it, until you're sort of going for the win, right, you're kind of riding for all of the other riders. And also, I, I remember seeing you didn't like, you don't, you're saying you don't like the tour, really. Well, it must be pretty gnarly knowing that for three weeks you're going to get up and cycle sort of 200 mile a day or 200k a day, does it? And for it on, somebody else. Yeah, and for somebody else. I mean, is it on top of you a little bit when you're in the tour? No, I mean, um, the, t- the tour, no, I love the tour, but it, it can... Because it's three weeks long, if something goes wrong and you're just on this like downward trajectory, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's very, very grinding. Yeah. Whereas like last year, my first tour, I won a stage and the, the, the vibe was great. And, you know, it was mint. And you come to Paris and, you know, you have the jets flying over oh, you and thousands of people. It's, and it's mint. But then this year, like even pa- Paris is actually the worst stage, if I'm going to be completely honest. Because... <laughs> The tour's finished you, and you have to ride for three hours, an hour and a half, you don't even pedal because we ride at 20K an hour. <laughs> and then we have to race following the sprint teams around Paris and the road is bumpy as hell. You've got saddle sores, your legs hurt and you can't be asked. <laughs> it's, uh, That's the romantic, <laughs> just, That's the romantic view I of always, the end of the Tour de France. I always thought about it as like, man, these guys are in, you know, in the middle of Paris. It's insane. The crowd's wild. And Tom's like, man, oh my God, get me out of here. It is, it is like that the first time, but then it's like, okay, I've done this before. This is not enjoyable. <laughs> so tell me actually, Tom, about winning your first Tour de France stage win. I think that that is something that all cyclists kind of even for cool. me on like the downhill side, like it feels like one of the pinnacles of sport. Uh, what was that like? Yeah. Well, first of all, it's massive in the moment. And, you know, after that win, I 
I had two hours sleep and Did I was you? just really? I was like a bit wired. Yeah, and then I was I was cooked for the rest of the tour. You, you can't have two hours sleep on the on the Tour de France. Um, um, but it, it's like you're you're a centre of attention, but for like two hours after the race, and then you right. got you know you need to have a massage, you have dinner, you go to bed, and the next day it's a new day, it's a new stage, and there's a new winner. So it's like sure. that's it, you know. It's like Stop. yeah, it's done. Whereas if you win the Worlds, you know, or the Olympics, we'll take the Olympics, you know, you're on the front of the newspapers all back home and then you're, you know, people want to do interviews and, you know, you could live off it for, for a month or two if you wanted to. But the Tour de France is like, okay, right, next thing, next day, got to be ready to race again. Tom, what's the coolest podium then that you've stood on? Like, is it the Olympics? Is it, like, what is the best one? Um, Yorkshire Worlds in, in 2019. But I was third in the under twenty-three road race. Was it that good? Like really? Because Thomas from Leeds in Yorkshire. <laughs> okay. Because I'd three and four weeks before I crashed out of Lavinia, uh, which is the under twenty-three Tour de France kind of. Um, I had concussion. I smashed my front teeth. I had three course of antibiotics, and I came back managed to race and then got on the podium and that was and in Yorkshire and it was that was a, a great feeling to be honest I mean I, I still believe that if I didn't crash I could have won mm. you know home worlds but that was all will always be a sore a sore uh, subject but still I'm proud that I've got on that on that podium If you're a cycling enthusiast, you might want to check out Mindset Win, a podcast from Red Bull, hosted by me, Cédric Dumont. It's all about applying insights from the world's leading sports professionals to help you develop a winning mental attitude. You'll hear from incredible athletes, including champion mountain biker Kate Courtney. It's not always some huge inspirational speech and motivation. It's often just calculating what has to be done and finding ways to push through it and stay positive and stay focused. And there is so much more like this from top-level athletes, coaches, and sports professionals, including tennis champ Stefanos Tsitsipas and England cricket captain Ben Stokes. So if you want to build a winning mentality, follow Mindset Win, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Does anything compare to, you know, those images of you winning that stage, riding up Abduez last year, does anything compare to that? Mm. To, does anything in the moment compare to a Tour de France crowd in your face when you're leading a stage up, up one of the big mountain stages yeah, that like that. Because that to me looks like yeah. there's nothing on earth that can compare to it. Mm. No, I, I've, I've had this discussion or question before and I, I don't think there is. In no other sport are fans within 20 centimetres of your face yeah. screaming at you. You can smell, <laughs> can smell the beer in their breath. <laughs> and, but, but also Alduez is is special because it's like a dead end climb and, and ah. like on Alduez there's more crowds than right. all the other climbs and and it's it's like you're riding and you're kind of following the white line because that's all you can see no otherwise why. there's people stood in front of you 
and people all beside of you and then the last minute they stand back and you just have to kind of ride through this wave of people moving out of the way is it stressful because like is it like obviously leading a stage here is it like don't hit my brake yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean is it because it, to me yeah. it would be they could trip you up quite easily and it does happen yeah but it doesn't happen nearly as much as you think you no. know, especially because half of, half of them are drunk and <laughs> um, yeah it's um, it, it's actually quite impressive how like even like you know fans that don't like riders they like you would think yeah someone would try and knock someone off because they don't want them to win or something yeah you know not, I'm not saying that you know all, any or all fans are like that but uh, yeah nothing much does happen in that in that sense which is good because otherwise I'll put barriers and it'll all be you know tame and yeah. we'll be racing around oh, no, no racing circuits in five years won't we yeah. yeah that would be an, it is it is true and and maybe tell us a, a bit about that descent on that oh, same yeah, stage going around the oh, outside my. of that dude oh my <laughs> yeah, that what, was wild what made you turn it on like what was going through your mind give us a picture um yeah so the idea was for me to get in the break that day but the climb was a was a really strong headwind so like Basically, Jumbo were in yellow. They could decide who they wanted to go in the break because it's easy to jump on someone when they're attacking when it's a headwind because they have to work so much harder than yeah whoever's on the wheel. Um, so, yeah, I was not going in the break there. The the break had gone, but they were riding quite hard, so it was pretty close. And I we'd ridden the opposite way the day before, in the stage the day before. So I knew it was a long descent and a long time, you know, that, Riding fast, you can make up time for free. Like one and a half minutes is, yeah, it's not like coming going across that gap on flat. You can carry speed for all the corners. And, and on, they had like a three or four K climb halfway down the center. Your life. Yeah, exactly. It's free. <laughs> Sorry, I just added it. It's free. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm quite good at judging like risk. Like I seems that way. Genuinely get pretty. I get genuinely get pretty scared if I think no fuck that this could go quite wrong. But um, there I kind of yeah was riding fast, but not on the not completely on the limb or out of control. Like I, having a motorbike in front also helps a lot mm. when you're descending. In the and the tour, there's so many motorbikes. You know they you can see if they go on the corner and they kind of go where you can't see in the the blind spot on the exit. And if they break, you know you need to go slower than they yeah, were going in yeah. or if they don't break and you can let it go you know so it, it it's um yeah more factors uh involved than just going down the descent and but you hadn't pre-ridden that descent then i heard you say you'd ridden up it. you no. hadn't you'd, i thought you to go down there like you did i was like he must have ridden this a hundred times to be quite know, honest yeah. <laughs> no way is that right that was it first time flat chat yeah, yeah. struth yeah well, it's, it's what a lot of descents are like in the tour. I mean, okay, you go to the same mountains when you when you experience you've done a few tours or recons or raced for you know you you would get to know mountains and descents a, a bit, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, you kind of a lot of things that you have to just kind of yeah wing it. It is, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> did you think that that was sure. going to go go viral like it did? Um, the, that's that's also the thing with a tour because they've got so many cameras and motorbikes if something does happen it's like always on TV yeah. so 
you know, I was thinking, you know, this is on TV and you make it again for look good, you know. Just send it down here a bit. There's no doubt, is there, that the tour is the is the pinnacle in it really of cycling events globally. I mean, you said it is an aim of yours to win it. Is there a time frame on that, Tom? Is it something you like? You said sounds like you're very calculated in your approach to it. Will it be in the next five years or a little, you know, have you got any idea sort of when you'll be ready, when you'll go for it? I, I, I don't know, to be honest. That's, that's time, time will tell. But I think, um, you know, it's only only recently that it, it's kind of, there are these outliers that, you know, normally through me was like 30, G was 30-ish. And I don't know how exactly I'm old they were. That's true, yeah. Right. But, and now there's Tade who won it when he was 21, 22. Uh, Remco won the Vuelta when he was, well, I don't know, 21, 22 or something. Um, and then... Yeah, Jonas is twenty six or twenty seven or something. So you know they they're younger than. Mm. But in general, you know, if you look at it, how how it's been in, in the past, people are older when they win. Yeah, the you're still well within your peak performance years, isn't it? That's fair to say, right? I'd hope so, yeah. <laughs> that's not quite I think so. I think you've got a bit left yet, Tom. You take it from me. <laughs> We've never been this cheeky with an Olympic champion. <laughs> so, so, Tom, uh, talking about cyclocross, I've, uh, I've always felt it's like the gnarliest discipline. It's super cold, it's muddy, you're like dead of winter. Uh, how do you think yeah. about it? I, I agree with you. The, the world, I came to the con- I came to the conclusion last year that it's the hardest discipline. Really? Because okay, the race is only an hour, but it's a whole day. You know, most of the races are in Belgium. You wake up, you drive to the race, you do a recon, you have your lunch, you warm up. But then the weather's cold. The you have to be fully switched on 100 percent because it's like a mountain race. You start full gas. So if you're not if you're not switched on, you know straight away and you can have a hard hour. So mentally it's super hard because you've got to warm up super hard and you got and then, you know, be on it for the race and the intensity of it and all these things, like a road race, we set off in the neutral zone and we're just freewheeling for 10 minutes and then you can sit in the bunch, the brake goes and you can just chill out until you don't feel good. You've got three or four hours to make yourself feel good to race the final huh. but in cyclocross it's like man we're straight into it a mountain bike is similar but easier it's warmer the race is longer the efforts are a bit longer as well because the descents are longer and the climbs are longer so it's less intense yeah i was gonna yeah so there is a big difference from your point of view as a physical effort then between mountain biking and cyclocross because mm. in my mind i'm like well they basically sprint for an hour in cyclocross, an hour and quarter in mountain yeah. biking. Why haven't all the cyclocross riders come over and started whooping it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it's also different technically as well. I think... That's for sure, You know, yeah. cyclocross is not rocks and you don't have to... It's, it's, it's a different technique. Um, cross is kind of more balanced in ruts and mud on corners, whereas mountain bike, you know, you've got to change your weight more up and up and down on the bike whereas cross you kind of more side to side I don't know I'll just come up with that right now <laughs> sounded <but>. good <laughs> I was like ah yeah of course of course I mean it's it's interesting that we saw uh, Puck Peterson like come over from cross and win the the World Cup overall 
Yeah, she's she's super skillful. I mean, she's she thinks she was one of the first women at the yeah the head of the cross field to hop the barriers. I think. Oh wow! Um, Is that right? Oh no so, way! Yeah. I think so. Yeah, there the, the was there was um, yeah elite riders before her hopping, but I don't think um, yeah she's she's won world world cups and and the like in, in cross. I think she was one of the first. Along with Fem Van Empel. Mm-hmm. I think they're the, two, they're the two, they were fighting each other a lot this season for, for wins. Talking about talking about competitors, what's like, what's Matthew Van Der Poel like mm. as a competitor? Yeah. What's Woot Van Aert like? I mean, you're the big three on the cyclocross. Whenever you three are riding, I'm watching the cyclocross. <laughs> yeah. Like there is no, I, yeah. I, mean, I ain't missing that. It's as good as anything you're ever gonna see. Yeah, I, I mean. They're animals like think, you. Yeah, 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 and, and you know they're they're um, fierce competitors. You know they they both want to turn up to every cross race and and want to win. Um, you know which, of course, I do. But you know, I like I pick and choose a bit more about the actual ones I go all in for because every weekend, two races, it, it's it's hard and. Mentally, to to psych yourself up hundred percent for for every race. Like I said earlier, I'm good at peaking for the, the race. Mm. Now, you know mm. the three races in a year or four. Um, but you know every weekend, just maintaining a a level there. I think that's also what makes them so good at cross riders in general. Are all every like they're so consistent. Mm. I think that that also what makes them makes them so good on the road as well and it and it does it feels to me like you you know like like you said earlier it's the hardest discipline like if you can succeed at cross i couldn't help but think back to that world championship was it in in the netherlands a couple of years ago where you came down off that bridge onto the beach at about 40 mile an hour and hit those ruts but they looked like oh, they were frozen it was low, so yeah. it was just the gnarliest thing yeah. i'd ever seen actually when you take everything into account the bike drop handlebars yeah. it's minus five <laughs> you know what i mean it's, it's just madness <laughs> yeah and then you're in the tour going up you know the alps in 35 degree <laughs> it's, it's wild but if you can do it there then i guess you can do it anywhere yeah that 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 uh, bridge and that stand was yeah horrible. I'm sure sh- crap in the stand. Don't <laughs> think my weight comes into to uh, my advantage either. When you're coming down a down a bridge at four mile, you have to carry your speed to to the to the sea. Yeah. To get a get on the hard hard sand, I was like struggling to get there every lap. <laughs> yeah, it looked hard. Tom, is there like a cultural difference? Like, it, it feels like cross is uh, in between road and mountain bike. Like, what's the culture like? Um, if you were to think about all three, is like cyclocross in the middle of the two? Um, yeah, I would say so. Actually, I think it's only maybe in the middle because the weather's cold, so people that go around and chat, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> <all> business. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Whereas in you know mountain bike, you, you can just kind of spend a bit more time and a bit more, yeah, just t- talking to people and catching up. But in cross, and as well like in cross, each kind of so in like the teams, each rider has their camper van and their own, you know, pit crew, and they kind of do it like uh, in their own hub. Mm. Like okay, all the campers from Telenet say they all park together, but then they all have their own set little team. So it's a team within the teams, and um, 
So it's different in, in to, to mountain biking that way, I think. But it's also not serious as the road. So yeah, it's in, in between, like you say, I guess. I feel like, Tom, like you probably you've heard it more than anyone ever about specializing. Like people, or I guess ask you that, like do people say, man, Tom, if you specialize in one discipline, you would just smoke everyone, things like that. I think my opinion's changing on this. I said, yeah, maybe I need to specialize more if I want to win the tour. But the thing is, what when you get the best out of me is when I'm happy and I'm enjoying it and things keeping things fresh. But if I was just on the road and I did training camps a year, like yeah, you would get the best out of me for a few months. Hmm. But then I'd get sick of it and I'd need to do something else. That's mm. why I drop in mountain bike in the summer because it's man, like the short track last week in in um in snowshoe. Since the world's I had a break, then I had an infection. It's not been ideal, so my top end is not there. Man, the the shape you can get from a twenty minute race is insane. Like <laughs> when you're fit, is it doesn't feel bad, but when you're suffering, like you cannot hurt yourself that much in training. <laughs> is that right? Honestly, like the 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 importance of it is is what well, to me is pretty. I need I need different stuff to do, basically. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Well, it's quite nice. It sounds like you know that you'd get bored basically with mm-hmm. one discipline, but they all feed into each other enough, and you can kind of play with them, and you know, be this brilliant all rounder that you are. Yeah, it's mad, but I can see it. I can totally see yeah. it. Yeah. And so, Tom, switching gears to the mountain bike side, uh, maybe tell us uh, tell us where you are and and what we're up to this weekend. So it's Thursday tomorrow, and we're in Canada. Tomorrow we have the short track race and, and then Sunday got the last round of the World Cup in Mont St. Anne. It's also my last race of the year. And um, I heard you're about 50 Ks away from where we are. You uh, didn't want to make the trip over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I was there this morning, but I, I, needed, morning. Uh, I needed a place to... Uh, have a shower and stuff. I'm not going to sit in my my sweaty chamois for an hour. <laughs> we'll, we'll let you off. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 You better win, actually. But uh, <laughs> tell us, tell us a little bit about snowshoe last week. I don't think I've ever seen a race where where somebody gets a flat twice in the same lap. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Two fronts, <laughs> wasn't it? Two front flats, right? Yeah. Which is oh. yeah, yeah. So the the, the the first one was quite innocuous. It was just on like a little, some slabs of rock over this river when we changed off the fire road into a single track. After the steep climb, you go right on the fire road down and then you go like left into a little bit in a single track and then back on the fire road. And it's like slabs of rock, but one was coming loose. They had like an edge on it and I just clipped it and it just blew out my sidewall. So it's just kind of a, a stupid thing. It just went out of tax, you know, you're going just that little bit faster. That, 3k an hour faster and and then you and then the second one i don't even know like i was pushing hard because i was i was like angry then and yeah i just got a little flap before i came around to the pits again so and so what do you uh i guess coming into the end of the season have you ever thought about going for like a world cup overall um is that something that you are interested in at all um to be honest I don't really, like, I, I have no aspiration for any World Cup overalls. Like, the race is the world champs, you know, mm. the best on the day. Mm. They're the best in the world. 
but the overall is kind of like who's been lucky and who's not got ill and like and, and also because I I'm never going to be able to do all the World Cups I'm never going to be able to compete for the for the overall so that's also probably why I have not really you, much interest in it you would never see yourself coming over full time to mountain biking then and, and am I right in thinking that you've said it's your favourite like or the more, most fun for you out of all the disciplines you do yeah I think so yeah I mean not not anytime soon maybe like the back end of my career yeah when when you know I would when you've won the tour come and, uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, well yeah no I mean I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not I'm not going to rule that out I'd certainly enjoy doing that do you have any favorite moments that you look back on in your mountain bike career I always enjoy Nuba Mester I think my favorite track I think Monson Am might be my second favourite now. It's a pretty it, good track. Is it your first time here, Tom? Is it racing? Is it? Yeah, you said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is, this is one laps. of the classics, right? This yeah. is a good one. This is a good one. <laughs> um, I guess I always, in, yeah, I always enjoy going to Nova Mesto. The Olympics, obviously, I think is the, is the main highlight, though. Rob and I were talking about this before. I actually saw you hanging out at the bottom of the downhill track. Yeah. And we were, we were talking about if we might see you at, on a downhill World Cup starting line, you think you could do it? <laughs> I think I think you would depend on the track. But um... <laughs> <laughs> wait, so which one would you ride? Which one would you ride? Um, I actually kind of think snowshoe would be a good one. Really? For me. <laughs> oh my God. Well, it's pretty okay, wild. Well, you two probably know better. You two know better than me, but it's not that steep. And okay, there's some technical bits you have to. I guess you have to send it through the rocks. But it's natural stuff that you'd probably be good at, to be fair, it, yeah. like you say. But it's I'd say that snowshoe is high risk because mm. you've got to enter those rock sections basically arms out, straight, eyes shut. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> wild. <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm going to ask you two a question. Which, do, which track do you, would you think would be best for me? Oh. I, man, you know what's funny is uh, I feel like here in Mount Saint Anne, after you see, after seeing you do that downhill, going like a hundred k, I feel like uh, this is like one of the yeah, but that's not ones. scary to me. Oh. Like, uh. like Andorra, Andorra is like the jumps. Okay, I could, I could do once I've done them, but the the speed you come down that chute, like I rode across it the other week, and that's steep and that's scary. I prefer to be going slower. Mm. Have you have you spent any time on a downhill bike? Is there any Pinarello going to make a downhill bike? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, have, you, have you ever ridden no. one really in anger? Uh, in anger, uh, you know, I went downhill with Greg. I don't know if it was last year or the end. <laughs> yeah. Greg I, and I. Yeah. I practiced. I practiced the the black run in Andorra, and and I dropped him. <laughs> oh! Exclusive. We've got the exclusive. I mean, no, I can't keep up with Tom Pitcock off-road on a mountain bike. Down it. I love it. I we believe got it. it. We got I believe it. Now, I, I, I think he had like a he's, he had his bris was still broken or something as well. You know, <laughs> that doesn't matter. That, that, don't matter. that don't matter. That yeah, that part actually doesn't matter. <laughs> hey Tom, of all the people you ride against, you know, like in in cyclocross, you got like. Um, Woot Van Aert, Van Der Poel on the road, Vinegard, you know, mm. and all these all these riders you go up against. And then you came into mountain bike and you go up against someone like Nino Schurter. What mm. sort of competitor is he? You know, he's a 10-time world champion going for his ninth overall. I'd imagine even you can respect who he is in this sport. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, he is the the icon of our sport. Yesterday, so we're staying. There's like a little bike park near us down here in the where we're staying. And I was I went there yesterday for training, and there was like an instructor with with some people, and I rode past, and he shouted, "Go on, Nino!" Like <laughs> I was wearing the World Cup Champs jersey, you know. So that, I think that that That's shows it. that shows who he is, you know. Yeah. He, he's he's the he's the world champion of of XCO. I mean, even along those lines, um, one of the questions I've always thought about is like, which discipline has is at the highest level? Would you say, like, you know, who? I don't, does that make sense? Yeah, um, like for sure, road. I mean, mm. because there's there's more competitors in road, but the main thing is there's more money, and where there's more money, there's more pressure. There's and where there's more pressure, there's there's yeah more yeah more pressure to perform. So there's more people backing that. There's it, it, it you know it goes on. If there's more money, there's more risk, more everything is at, is at stake, and uh, you know you can win more, you can lose more. It's um, so yeah, I think that 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 makes it the the highest level for sure. It's the pinnacle and it is yeah the road like you say it's probably got the biggest base to the pyramid and it there's more people going at the road yeah. than anything else which is interesting to hear because yeah you definitely living a mountain but, but, but saying yeah. that yeah like you say the the base of the pyramid is bigger right but, you know that doesn't that doesn't mean that the, the level is not good in mountain bike or cross you know they're still the best guys in the world yeah but it is just kind of the the pyramid is bigger the the yeah the the pressure and the money at the top means it, 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 it. They have to find the best and get get the max out of out of everybody. And I think um, you know, in mountain bike, you know, everyone still trains super hard. But there is, if they don't win, it's not the end of the world, you know. Mm. But a team goes to the Tour de France, you know, it's not a success unless they win a stage because the sponsors need a stage win in the Tour de France. You know, we need to win the Tour de France. It, it's the manufacturers in mountain bike; their brands still get represented. You know, yeah, yeah I, it's kind of hard to explain. But yeah. yeah, no, I mean that definitely makes sense. Is that do you think maybe the parallel a little bit for you is the Olympics? And I guess um, why would why do you normally ride mountain bike in the Olympics and instead of road? Um, yeah, last year I went all in for the for the mountain bike, but I think. Not last year, last time. Next year, though, I'm going to do mountain bike and road. What's the track like? Did you did you go to the test event in Paris? Did you see the the lap or not? It's, yeah. it's quite controversial. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. I'm, I I wasn't so impressed to be honest. I mean, Yolanda wasn't actually. <laughs> yeah, they just gravelled over a yeah a hill, and it's big gravel, slippy. Uh, they, they they could have made a. A more assigned track because there is a hill there and there is they could have made some nice natural features but i think they're scared it's going to rain but you know the uh, race is in right. bloody august in it so you know the, the most rainy month of the year <laughs> exactly <laughs> if, if we were saying if i said to you now take away all like the professional earning side of it and all that what give up two disciplines oh, which one question. would you be left with um just based on one what, what i enjoy yeah yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mountain bike, probably. Mm. Would it really? Would it really? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I I mean, I I don't really watch road races. 
I watch, I don't really watch cross actually, to be honest, but I watch every mountain bike race and every downhill. Is that right, got, honestly? So. Yeah, and he watches all the downhills as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. So Tom, you know, kind of like wrapping up, it's, it's so funny, we've been, we've been talking all this time, you do all three of these disciplines at such a high level. Do you ever want an off season? Like it feels like you're racing all year long. Yeah, I mean, I kind of have, I enjoy having more short breaks in a year, like five days, seven days, than having like three or four weeks off at the end of the year. Yeah. Because then you come back, you, you're not unfit, you haven't put on much weight and it's much easier just to get back into it. And then you can have like four or five one week breaks. And I think this year I had one in January, one in April, one after. So I have four kind of one week. Oh, this one will be a bit longer, you know? So I have four breaks instead of one or two. Whereas a normal road rider or somebody just does one season would have. And I kind of in, enjoy that more. Yeah, it's it's super, super interesting because like, I feel like so many people have talked about how you hear so much, I guess, from from amateurs about the peaks and saying like, oh, I can only train this much, I have to do this many blocks. But um, do you feel like that is true? Uh, like people put too much emphasis on on maybe the training side of it? Um, but you can never over overemphasize training. I think it's the you know, training, rest, nutrition is all the most important for, yeah, performing, isn't it? But I think you you have to think about some an athlete's head as well, I guess, you know, mm. and what they, how, how, you, how you can get the best out of that individual. Well, you say, yeah, you do all three, it keeps you happy. I don't think you you don't see that many unhappy athletes yeah. at the top, do you? I mean, you've got to be doing what you love, otherwise you can't force these. You can't mm. force it. Not at the level you're at, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You, you've got to be able to enjoy enjoy working hard and enjoy. You know, you've got to see the see the results from it. I think. Yeah, that that's like success breeds success, doesn't it? You know, you get you you, you win something, and you're hungry for to try and win again. And I imagine you're pretty hungry to win this weekend after snowshoe last weekend. Some of the legs were there, weren't they? It was just a just a bit of lack of air in that front tire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was feeling a bit deflated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one left in feeling a bit deflated. <laughs> so, Tom, maybe uh, last question is: um, What does a perfect day of riding look like for Tom Pidcock? You know, if you're just going out for fun, and you know, where where would you be? Where would you go? Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the perfect days of days of riding were was uh, in lockdown in in Leeds. Went out spending Ooh. that that summer with my parents. No that traffic. Was, uh, <laughs> no traffic. But I would like you know go out and do two hundred k on my like, like road bike, and then the next day, next day do six hours on my mountain bike. Ride. Bike. It was it was mint. You know, spend all day riding, come back have a barbecue. And yeah, it was that was uh, that was mint summer. That was wow. No training plan, nothing. Just go and ride and Scrap do as six hours. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to mention you at yeah, Ebike World Champion as well at one point, yes. but I think we'll just leave that there. <laughs> the first thing when you don't have a plan, you know, you can just set you set your own challenges. Right. Like, you know, I wanted to ride on my mountain bike through Otley, Ilkley, and and then round 
the reservoirs and then it, it took me six hours so you know and you loved every minute of it i bet yeah it was it was good because you know just uh spending the whole day in the sun in lockdown yeah. no one's around that's right apart from some yeah, weird people is. walking in the in the middle of nowhere with masks on but yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was an amazing time though you're right and yeah I think not just like yeah the whole of the uk probably the whole of the planet really got back it was so slightly just boomed didn't it, it was mad yeah 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 brilliant well, Tom, it's been been a pleasure. Super, super cool to, to learn more about what you do and be more impressed than I came into this conversation, actually, which is crazy. We might bump into you here in the flesh with any luck in Monster yeah, as well. That's true. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, come, I'll come find you tomorrow. It's <laughs> just to meet you both. Thank you, Tom. Thanks very much, Tom. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, guys. Man, Rob, I, you know, it's funny. I was a bit nervous. I, I, I was get, very nervous. I don't get starstruck much, no. but like Tom Pidcock is just so good at riding bikes. We, we probably might have just had the world's greatest cyclist in our midst. It's hard to we argue otherwise. To I mean, it's true. Yeah. I, I was nervous before because, well, it doesn't matter, does it? But what a, what a, down to earth, mm. like yeah. normal human being, yeah. Tom is, who is literally just goes about his business. Totally. Goes about being this insane cyclist. That yeah. can, I mean, he, he, yeah, he could have he picked himself up so right. much more, right? right? I mean, right. no one really can do what he does on a bike, or like we say, just two or three people on Totally. Earth. Yeah, I, I laugh, like he was, he was explaining something. He's like, uh, you know what? I mean, I just made that up on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's just very real, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, it is, uh, it is crazy that you know he he has he's so chill but then at the same time he's like well I know if I put put the work in and I, I put my effort into it there's no reason why I can't win the Tour de France in a couple of years no it's pretty fascinating to listen to him yeah how calculated right. that is and there's no rush there whatsoever right. and he knew all the ages of everyone uh-huh. that's won it yeah, so he's got right. an eye on that as well but but that calculation and the fact that like he's learning and when he's ready he'll have a go yeah yeah I mean He's with the right team to do it. Yeah. Do you think he's going to win this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. I think I he's. Know. I think he's pretty well. I, you know, he looked to me to have the legs to win last Sunday. He did. Yeah. I think it would have been. Let's be honest. When Tom Pidcock gets on a mountain bike, he usually wins, right? <laughs> yeah, Unless he has a double true. flat and then he has to ride back to a podium spot. But he's yeah. going to be hard to stop here in Montserrat. Yeah, is he true. is. The best thing I think is that a few years ago, Nino said. Tom has done enough mountain bike racing. He is a mountain biker now. Right. We accept him. So let's see the best mountain bikers in the world race here for the finals. It's going to be good. And by the time you guys see this, Mount St. Anne will have happened, and you'll get to see if our predictions were correct. And just as a reminder, if you want to have your message read out on the next pod, you can hit us up at podcast at redbull.com or shoot us a note on our socials. And there is a new Just Ride every other Tuesday. You can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to see us in action, watch these podcasts, you can do that at redbull.com or Red Bull TV. We will see you next time.